This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Paranormal Encounters by Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hello everybody. We've got an awesome story by Erica coming on. Erica's been on here before, and Erica told us a story uh, in the past on the listener stories episode, so it's not, you, some if you're not a Patreon supporter, you probably haven't heard this one, but she was pregnant and she actually had a demon tracking her that she felt like was trying... She had had miscarriages in the past. Mm. And she felt like this demon was following her because she's a uh, a medium. Yeah. And she felt like this thing was following her, trying to keep her baby from being born. The baby was born, a couple of years old now. And um, beautiful baby boy. And she told us all about that story back then well she's got some other stories to tell us uh, mainly about a whew, it's a doozy but it's an it's another one of those entities that just kind of hang around mm-hmm. uh, a negative energy so uh, looking forward to that one so i'm ready to talk about since we're kind of on the medium deal with with her i thought we'd do some stories along the line of premonition stuff like that so this first story says back in high school days I was friendly with a local police reporter who did his best to break me into my present profession of columnist and police reporter. One afternoon, Bert met me with a big smile. Rossi said, tomorrow night, I'm going to a girl's birthday party. How about coming along? She won't mind. I accepted the invitation. I retired early and soon fell asleep. I dreamt that I was walking down a country lane when I came upon a cottage encircled by a fence. And at the same time, I seemed possessed with a terrible thirst. I knocked on the door. It opened, and before me stood my grandfather. By the way, my grandfather had passed away six years before this. Mm. He was smiling and motioning for me to stop in, come ahead and step in the door. But, but, I managed to say, you're dead. He looked at me with a broad grin. No, he said, I live, but there is something I want to show you. I stepped in. My deceased grandfather pulled aside two large curtains. Look, he said, don't go to that party with him. I saw two coffins. And one was my friend, Bert, and the other myself. I woke with sweat rolling down my face, and I stayed awake until dawn thinking about my strange dream. In the morning, I told several friends, including our local city editor. Better not go, my priest told me, along with a few others who who listened to the story. I phoned Bert and told him about the dream. He laughed and basically said, you know, oh well, it's just a dream. 
so I didn't go. Unfortunately, that night, Bert's car was struck by a truck, and Bert was killed. Oh, God. And this story was by Raymond from Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's a horrible story. That's terrible. I'm glad he didn't go. You know, we had a story not too long ago from, um, man, I can't remember who told me. It makes me so bad. But the story was, I think it might have been on Patreon, one of the listeners' stories. But she was talking about she saw um, her going up a windy road and uh, basically driving off a cliff. And then that story actually happened. Oh. You know, she didn't go completely off the cliff. She don't remember anything after that. But she went where she was. She was going to pick her brother up from the airport. Uh-huh. And she had never, in a dream, she hadn't seen the road before. She didn't know the dream. So she didn't, didn't know the road. Yeah. But as she's driving, she sees, when she gets to the park, she remembers. She's like, I, this is the same road I was on in the dream. Oh, my and gosh. So, you know, this is, I'm not going to say fairly common, but it is something that obviously... Uh, takes place more than you would realize yeah that is that's so scary it is scary so we're gonna stick with that theme and you've got another one that kind of lines up with with the uh seeing things okay it's called bloody handprints one morning in early 1963 i awoke filled with apprehension as my sleep fog mind cleared my dream came back to me What little I remembered made no sense, but parts of it were frightening. I had dreamed of a blood-spattered room and bloody handprints on the wall. In the dream, I had left some of my young children with my neighbor, Eva, whom I have never asked to babysit. I could not recall where I had gone, but when I returned, my little ones were with another neighbor, Margaret, another woman who had never watched my children. The dream bothered me, but since I could not make it neither heads nor tail of it, I just forgot. Some months later, in June 1963, my nine-year-old son, Stephen, cut an artery in his wrist when he accidentally thrust his arm through the glass pane in our kitchen door. He bled profusely, and my kitchen looked like a scene of massacre. When I called my neighbor Eva, I left bloody handprints on the telephone and wall. Eva offered to take care of my three other children while I rushed Stephen to the doctor. When I returned much later, my children were with Margaret. Then I remembered my dream. I thanked God that my son was all right and that my neighbors were so helpful, but I was puzzled. I had dreamed the future. Why? How? And if the dream was meant as a warning, why hadn't I been able to recall the important part? Even if I had, could I have prevented the freak accident? It will always remain a mystery to me, but I am now convinced that unknown forces work in our lives, and we would only heed them. That was from Angelica from Citrus Heights, California. That's crazy. Man, if I had... I'm like her, though. I wish I wouldn't, if I'd known the future, I could have prevented that. I mean, it could have been a whole lot worse. But she's right, though. Why would you remember the handprints and all that, but not what caused it? Yeah, so that's weird. It's extremely weird. I had I worked, I went to school with a boy named Ray. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and we were playing outside in the playground of the school. Mm-hmm. And this was like, 
This was for some kind of a function after hours, so it wasn't during school hours. Yeah. But there was a bunch of us up there playing, and uh, maybe it was like a PTA meeting or something. But anyway, it was after school, and he went to run. There were some kids running out the door, and it was these big, heavy doors. Oh, old, yeah. Really old building. Mm-hmm. And as he went to run in, one of the kids slammed the door shut, and his foot went through the door. And this was... Um, one of those doors that the glass, it was the really thick glass, but it had like the chicken wire in the middle. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh-huh, exactly. And his leg went through that glass and broke and that wire got oh. his shin and went straight up along oh his bone. God, his leg. Oh and, my God. And cut basically right into the, and, and it cut all kinds of arteries and stuff. And I know he was in surgery for like seven or eight hours. Oh my gosh. And we was probably. That, didn't bleed to death. Yeah, that was middle school. So, I mean, he was like. 11, 12 years old, something like that. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, that's horrifying. It was. Yeah. Um, he's lucky he didn't bleed out. I mean, more than he probably did. I wonder... I mean... So, he... The chicken... The glass got him, and then the chicken wire got him. Yeah, the chicken wire is what did the, the damage. The damage. No yeah. kidding. So, it'd be like if somebody took a piece of piano wire... Yeah. And just... Sliced it... Oh, sliced oh. right along your shin, straight oh, no, up. No. Mm-mm. Oh, <clears throat> it was disgusting. I bet it was. It was. It was blood everywhere. Oh, poor kid. All right. Well, let's listen to Erica. <laughs> we'll just go right into her story. <laughs> now, Erica's story is really good. It's uh, disturbing on a couple levels, so we'll listen to her. Okay, we have a repeat. We've got Erica from California. Erica was on when we first started doing listener stories about two years ago. Might even been a hair longer than that closer to two and a half but uh erica's got some more stories and uh we're excited to hear about it erica thanks for coming back on hi jerry i'm happy to be back on we've had you and your your husband james has actually set in on some uh some patreon bonus episodes that we've done back when tracy wasn't able to do a couple he set in on on some so it's been a family affair and plus he's been on here telling uh his paranormal experiences as well I know, I know. I wish he had, I honestly wish he had as many stories as I do, but he's very thankful he doesn't. Yeah, he's, he, I remember you have a lot and he doesn't have any. I remember uh, one of my favorites is he was telling me that he couldn't ever um, surprise you for like a birthday or anniversary or something because you would always figure it out just because his, you something, a spirit guide or something would always tip you off. Oh, it, it, it still happens. It still happens every now and then. I have to be, like, fully distracted <laughs> and really just not paying attention or ignoring that for him to surprise me. Or the other thing is, like, he will beg and plead them going, please don't tell her. Please don't tell her. This really means a lot to me. Please don't tell her. <laughs> well, you said uh, you've got a story that you wanted to start off with tonight, and apparently it, it's got kind of crazy so i'm gonna let you go ahead and and just tell us this story all right so there are some trigger warnings of suicide and um mental health issues uh, along with drug use and alcoholism involved if you're very sensitive to those you may not want to listen to this story fair enough let's go ahead and go back a number of years Back in the early 2000s, I can't believe that's, you know, been, you know, rather, that was almost 20 years ago at this point. And my friend's dad hooked up with a woman who is, was from 
one of the Native American tribes in the uh, northern Midwest. Okay. She was not really one of sound mind. And based on my interactions of her post-suicide, I could see that. When she passed away, she, uh, she OD'd. She overdosed on a mix of alcohol and drugs. And the reason why I know this is because I saw her do it. And she's part of her psyche. I mean, she's fractured. She's just fractured. She, so portions of her are stuck in a loop. And that portion of her ODing is, you know, she's stuck there. And I can see that. And even now and then I can still see that. The other part of her is she's an undiagnosed schizophrenic and bipolar. And again, I am aware of those. Well, I am not medically inclined uh, nor technically you know I am I don't have a degree for that I could see it and I spent some time of my own having to deal with my own mental health issues so being able to recognize that in other individuals whether or not they're here is has been absolutely I mean useful so then I'm better able to connect to that spirit and being able to understand what they're going through, what they're experiencing, and either, you know, give them the opportunity to help them move on if they can, if they choose to. And you know what? That's not always the case. In this case, this woman, at the time that she died, she was not here in California. She was in a different state. Her only living child was here in California. I was not aware of her until 2007, almost four years after she passed away. I'm not going to lie. I was drinking that night. You know, my friends and I, we were partying it up. No big deal. That's all I did was just drink. It's not that big of a deal. And sobering up, you know, by the end of the night, I kept hearing her. And, you know, and I looked at my girlfriend and I said, who's so-and-so? I can't, you know, I, I don't have permission to repeat their names. Right. And she said, oh, that's my former stepmom. And then I would describe her and I said, you know, she's stuck in this loop. She is, she keeps slipping back and forth between, you know, ODing, reliving that OD, wondering why she hasn't moved on, why she hasn't found that peace. And the other part of her going through the manic and depression phases of, of bipolar and then obsessing over, well, if she just had her child, if she just, you know, she could finally be at peace and tormenting her offspring. She would literally come back to my friend's home when her brother was visiting and torment this child. He would talk, you know, he wasn't, you know, he must have been less than five years old at that time. And he would have suicidal ideations. And when we finally talked to him and said, okay, well, where did you get these ideas? He would say, well, his mom would tell him. Mommy says, if I do this, I can go see her and be with her. That's disturbing. It is. Understanding those, you know, now understanding that, okay, you know, we had to come into full motion. So we had to sober up and go, okay, we need to create a barrier 
And so we had to create a barrier because she refused to move on. She still hangs around anytime I'm by there. She knows when I'm there. She knows when I'm going to visit because she does visit me. You know, she does look and she does not. She has nothing but disdain for me for obvious reasons. And that's perfectly fine. She can have full disdain for me. I don't care. But it's really scary to me to see, you know, really scary to see that. Now he's full grown. He's pretty dense. He doesn't feel anything. He doesn't see anything. He doesn't believe in anything as far as, you know, that goes. But being there and being witness to that and the influence that an entity, if they have enough power, that they're able to influence these young children. So it is really scary to see that. I do hope and I do pray that she moves on, but it's been enough years that I don't think she will. I don't think she has the capability of pulling herself together because her soul and her psyche is so fractured. I just hate that people are in that situation in this world and then in the after, you know, after world just because that whether it be stubbornness or whether it's just stupidity or whether it's just being a nasty person, you know, somehow, some way, it all kind of feeds into it. Right. She's stuck in this negative loop. She is just in this whole, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. Oh, you know, let me fix it this way. Oh, that didn't work. Let me try this other way. It, you know, unfortunately, she lost herself in drugs and alcohol. You know, she OD'd. She was not in a right state of mental health. She was undiagnosed, unmedicated. She, she self-medicated. Now, was and, this was this overdose, do you feel, an accidental overdose? Yes. Okay. It was not her first attempt, but it definitely was a successful one. Hmm. And so part of that portion of her that's stuck there. I mean, because I can literally see all three phases going on at the same time, almost like a split screen. Here's the portion of her going through her bipolar moments. And then the middle screen of her going through schizophrenia and how everybody's, you know, coming after her and how she has to try and protect herself and, you know, how, you know, parent, full-blown paranoia. And then the third part is the DOD part, you know, and her and just re, and just it's I mean, her psyche is so fractured. And that's any time I mention her, I can I can see that and I can literally see that right in front of me. What do you think needs to happen for her to pass on? I don't have an answer to that. I've been wondering that the last I don't know how many years now, 15 years, been wondering now 15 years. And I don't know. Do you think it's in her control? I mean, over the last 15 years, she's probably the most severe case I've ever seen. You know, some of it is in her control, but I think she's lost almost all of it, that she has no more self, you know, self. She has to agree to it and accept responsibility, which at that point she doesn't because she blames everyone else but her. Interesting. Well, I guess at this point, that's disturbing on so many different levels. We probably be better left to just move on to your second story, and hopefully that's a little more cheery. But I don't know because I haven't heard the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, second story. So I was asked to come up and do a cleansing 
of a home of a friend of mine. And so another friend and I went up to her home. Mind you, my driver is also an empath, but she's working on putting her shields up, so to speak, so that she can walk around and not have to feel everything that's going on. I mean, it's maddening. She likes it when, you know, when she's with me because then my bubble kind of, you know, envelops her and she's kind of at peace there. So anyway, so we went up. Actually, let me go let me go and backtrack. About a week before I was supposed to go up there, the entity of the home kept visiting me, especially during my dreams. I could see him and you know on the outside peripheral of my vision and he was he kept calling me stupid and worthless and who do you think you are and just you know berating me and everything else. At, for the usual, when I deal with these types of entities, I just kind of go, look, dude, just shove it. I'm good. I'll, I'll deal with you later. I have things to do. In my opinion, that's the first time anybody just kind of acknowledged him and at the same time put him on the back burner. I kind of treated him like a, you know, misbehaving attorney. Just going, no, no, dude, I'll deal with you in a minute. We're driving up. No big deal. My friend and I were driving up. And about at the two-mile mark, she and I hit a wall, just a wall of energy. We both turned to each other at the same time. You know, she said, I can feel him. And I said, yeah, I know. I felt him, you know, a lot this last week. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. And I said, it's fine. Don't worry. He, he's more bark than bite. Don't worry about it. And so we get there. I walk the house. I go through the house. And I met by the homeowner, who is a friend of mine, and I said, just don't say anything. Just let me walk through the house. I pointed out which rooms, where were the issues, what was going on and talking to the experiences and then asking additional questions about the other entities in the house that are not there, but because they're attached to people, not to the house, if that makes any sense. Because mm-hmm. I get those impressions. Again, going through the house, doing the cleansing we are saging the home we're burying gems i am blessing the house this entity ends up in the top corner of the house going oh my god what just happened my understanding since we've been there things have been so much calmer so much better i will be doing another visit come april and i'm hoping by that point that the spirit will be ready to move on yeah, this story sounded a whole lot better than the other one. So <laughs> <laughs> he sent you, and he's just lost. He's not sure what happened. He is—he's not stuck in a loop. He's attached. He has a lot of sentimental attachment to the home, and he needs to understand that where he will be going may be better than where he's at now. I didn't say will be better. I said may be better. Because I don't know what he has to answer to. Part of that fear is letting go and facing your consequences. So let me ask you this. Sure, what's up? Now that you've brought it up, what do you think happens when when the time comes and you move on and you go to the light or whatever the actual instance is? You just made reference to the fact of having to answer uh, for whatever. What is your... um, I don't want to say opinion, but what is your experience? Yes, is a better way of putting it as of what happens when that time comes. Okay. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, this last July, 
I did something really stupid. Okay, let me go and start off. I have no problem owning up to this. Okay, 10 years ago, I did something really stupid. I didn't almost, no, actually nine years ago, now that I think about it. Nine, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. I almost didn't hit 30. Let's just say that. Okay. I ended up in a coma. They gave me a 10% chance of coming out of my coma because of what had happened. In that time period, I can tell you what happened to me, but I, I don't know if anybody else goes through the same thing. I was at a table with my guardian angels, my spirits, my spirit guides, how, however you want to go ahead and determine. I was at a table. It was going, okay, you're here. What the fuck were you thinking? Excuse me. What were you thinking? It's too late now. It's not like I'm going to edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I had to face my judgment of my peers, so to speak, as people that were, that have been along, that have been by my side since before I was born. These are in the, you know, I want to call them individuals, even though they're not always human, or they don't always come across looking as human, but they are spirit guides, they're however you want to call them. They put faith in you, and you put your trust in them to help you grow, and you pissed it away by doing something stupid, and now here you are. It's an interesting concept. It is. And I was there. And, you know, but again, this is mine. Some people say, oh, they see the light. Okay, great. Congratulations. I was not allowed to see the light. So I got literally turned around and booted back out going, no, this is not this is not acceptable. You have things to do. You have lessons to learn. You're not doing this now. You know, for some people, my uncle died recently. Let me go ahead and go with that. My, My uncle died recently. And he was not a nice man. He was a jerk. He did a lot of illegal stuff, both consuming and running and everything else. And he was a bigot and he was a sexist jerk. You know, he was very toxic. And, you know, 20 years ago, I cut him out of my life and that was perfectly fine with me. At the end of the day, that is still my mother's brother. Out of respect for my mother, you know, we attended his funeral despite other situations. I know for a fact he had to go face his own mother and answer to not only her judgments, but he had to go answer for the things he's done. It was not pretty. It's It definitely gives you something to think about as far as how you live your life every day, as opposed to what it looks like when it's all said and done, when you have to review all that. Right. And you, you know, in my opinion, from readings I've done, Every single individual who I've met on the other side, but that's just me, has had to answer for things that they've done. But that's not everybody's experiences. And I think part of that is because of, you know, certain spirits won't talk to me because I'm too maybe judgmental. I have no idea. Everybody, you know, you you have to click. You, You have to have a personality. If you have a personality conflict, you you won't be able to read or talk to that spirit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. James's grandmother recently also passed away. She went peacefully. She accepted. And she was in the, up until recently, she was in that waiting room. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
it, her experience, you know, crossing over has been so different of that from my uncle because she was, you know, overall she was a nice person and she did the best she could. She did what she could for her family. I could see that she, you know, that she was in the waiting room for a short amount of time. She was greeted with friends and family and she was greeted warmly and she turns over, you know, beautifully. I am hoping to transition like she did. So let me ask you this. What's your thoughts on the whole heaven and hell concept? Do you believe that there is a heaven and a hell, or do you think it's more just classroom-type experiences and learning for coming back for the future? My experience has been that it is a classroom experience, for those that decide that they want to grow. I do believe that it's a choice. There are those that do believe in heaven and there are those that do believe in hell. You know, hell could be anything as having to face, you know, judgments. You know, having whatever deity you answer to or you were, you know, that you're supposed to answer to. Now you're doing the answering. But I, I, I don't think it's a simple question of one or the other. I was raised to believe in heaven or hell. In my experience, I feel like that's so black and white where I have, based on my readings and based on things that I've seen and experienced, that this is a classroom as well. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't. Well, and you don't, so we're just going to end it. How about that? I'm just playing. It's been fun having you on. It's been a long time since we talked, and I'm definitely going to have you back on because we've got some other subjects to talk about in the future when the time's right. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you should hit me up in six months, and and we'll talk about um, a couple other things. That sounds like a plan. I hope everyone else has a a good time listening to it. You know, if they have any questions, feel free to reach out to you, and we'll see about getting them answered this way. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. Until James said hi. No problem. I will. Be kind. Where's Tracy? She is uh, downstairs right now doing some cleaning. Of course. I love Tracy and I love Ninja. No. Well, they love you too. I told her. I told her I had this interview set up with you, and she, you know, she was, she was like, "Oh man," and I was like. Yeah, I said it's going to be after 9 o'clock hour time, So, and she's got some stuff she had to get taken care of before. Of course, of course. Wow. Adulting sucks. Yeah, I keep telling yes, my six-year-old, don't grow up. <laughs> Adulting sucks. And he turns to me and says, yeah, Mom, I get to see that. I don't think I want to grow up anytime soon. I said, oh, thank God. <laughs> I get to keep you little for a little bit longer. Anyway, go get some rest, Jerry. We'll talk soon. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye. So how about that for a crazy story? Most bizarre. So she seems to think that when you pass on, that it's not so much the heaven and hell as most of us think, fire and brimstone, angel wings and all that, but it is more schooling, getting prepared to come back uh, for another round of life, learning stuff. What do you think after hearing so many people make comments like this? What are your thoughts on heaven and hell? Well... I don't know. I just, I still think there is a heaven and hell. I don't know. I, I'm hoping there's a heaven. Um, and I don't go to hell. Because <laughs> that would not be fun. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm like you. I've heard a bunch of things, and it does make you wonder and question um, some of, you know, that, but... See, the whole heaven and hell thing is based completely off of the Bible. Right. You know, so, I mean... But when you've grown up and that's all you've you've heard, then that's what you think or believe. Right. and, And I guess that's my question is, has it changed at all after hearing... Has your belief system changed at all after hearing some of the stuff that we've heard? Because, you know, there were some some families back in the old Catholicism days. They didn't believe, you know, ghost entities, that stuff. We didn't right. talk about that. You know, demons, one thing, but you just, you know, wouldn't, and then, you know, back even before then, the Puritans and stuff. Back in, in the early, early days of, of that religion, I mean, it was sacrilege to talk about ghosts and witches, and it's just, everything's changed. It depend, It really, like you said, it's what you were brought up on, mm-hmm. and different religions have different thoughts, and yeah. and, and uh, so, I mean, it, it is, fine. you know, like I said, I brought up, was brought up Catholic, mm-hmm. and, but I, a lot of the things that I believed back then, I have a completely different belief yeah, of now. Just yeah. because I've heard so many stories and talked to so many different people that, I don't know, I, I'm way more open now right. than what I used to be to maybe there's something else out there. Yeah, I mean, I think I am to a certain extent. Like I said, I grew up being told that suicide yeah. was definitely you go to hell after suicide yeah. and i don't believe that now right and i don't either and i'm thankful for that so that's and, what i've always heard too well and the catholic church has changed their stance on it too yeah they've been informed you know mm-hmm. um in the last 20 years they've now are saying that it just depends on your mental state and if you're not in the right frame of mind and you commit suicide that's not held against you and um uh, but i don't know i've heard so much and i mean i would like to think that there's no hell, that there's only, like, it, to, according to her, she feels like that you just have to answer. It's almost like not going to jail, but it's like, you know, so when you screw, screw up as a kid, you know you got to wait for your dad to get home. Oh, yeah. And, oh, you, yeah. and you, your mom's like, well, when your dad gets home, you're sitting there all day long. Yeah, like, oh, man. Sweating it out, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that's almost, that's what her beliefs is. It's more like that. It just depends. And maybe her version uh, she thinks possibly the version of hell could just be how much trouble you get into. Yeah, that's true. So, who knows? It's, it's very interesting, though. Oh, yes, so. it is, for sure. But, guys, thanks for hanging with us. This has been a fun episode. And uh, we'll definitely hear more from Erica in the future. Oh, definitely. Can't, can't wait. So, And we'll talk to you soon.